This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the (laughs) Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. David, what are you laughing at already? What what, what happened? I, I, I threw you off. I threw you off. You said 24 sports. You, you said 24/7 sports weird because I did it weird. That was oh, great. So I yeah, said it weird. Yeah. Okay. It's great because you match it to an extent. Whatever weird cadence I choose for the opener, you match it. And I appreciate that about you. We try. I try to follow. That's that's the chemistry we have as co-hosts <laughs> of the podcast of champions. Very popular. If you guys don't know, it's a very popular Pac-12 podcast. One of the most popular Pac-12 football podcasts out there because it's the Pac-12. You know, four and three bowl record. It's a major conference, people. Don't, don't let don't listen to the national media tell you it's not. It is. We are here to tell you it is, and we want to hear from you. It is now starting the off season. We'll probably have some recruiting stuff coming up, but I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of Disney princess questions. But we want to hear from you. What topics you want us to discuss this off season? Because we'll keep doing shows every week. Pac12 podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Or if you'd rather call or text us, you can do that too. 424 532 0678 is the number. You can tweet us at Pac12 podcast. And the website is pac12podcast.com. Please subscribe, give us a rating. Five stars is always appreciated. Anything fun or funky, whatever you want to write about the show, there's always some fun stuff that people do when you leave us uh, reviews. And we appreciate all of them. We have some very smart listeners. And uh, like I said, appreciate all of you guys. Very insulting listeners, which I also appreciate about all of you guys. Um, we got a new one from Andrew OGA. Okay. You want this one? You want to hear yeah, it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Five-star review. Uh, subject line, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, two guys who obviously played a lot of D&D in their youth and now obsess about a movie story that jumped the shark many moons ago still find a way to make the Pac-12 interesting. Of course, you need to tune out once they start nerding out. If only the Pac-12 could be this fun. Nice. Nice. Um, did we ever talk about this? Were you a D&D person growing up? I was not. I think I, might have, I, I may have shared this, but um, the first time I ever played Dungeons & Dragons was actually at a bachelor party four years ago. Wow. Yeah. I, said, I didn't even know if it was still around, but when I was in, I guess it was middle school, like when I, I moved from... Like outside of Pittsburgh to outside of Boston, 
and someone mentioned like a party and I was like, okay, like I needed to meet people. And it was a, it was, it wasn't a party party. It was a, like a party of adventurers. So it was like to go play D and D at his house. Like he had like a bunch of older, he was like my age, but a bunch of older brothers and they were all like dungeon masters and stuff. So I played over their, their place, like for, I probably did for a couple of years, but you'd buy like the books yeah. and you'd buy the dice and, uh, there was little like figures and stuff but it didn't last very long but i did do that back in the day you just so, said you played you played a specific game for a couple of years and then said it didn't last very long right well i mean like it wasn't like i i'm still playing today it was like i know, know but i find my, that discordant anything i've done in my life for longer than like a period of like a week and a half i'm like oh wow i did that forever oh okay well yeah so probably from maybe like 12 to 14 some I, that would be my guess so i don't know that was, was quite a while ago but uh i did i i liked it but yeah it was i guess i met some new people when i moved by doing that yeah. but i remember them saying like there was a party and i was thinking i was going to a party and it, that was not the that's no the, no no a different different sort of party <laughs> a warring party an exploring party but yes. not a fun party you might even say but not necessarily yeah. a partying party no but thanks for the review and uh I guess you could say we're nerds. I don't mind that. I mean, I'm fine with that. I went to engineering school. I have to be somewhat of a nerd. Uh, yeah, I know too much about Star Wars to really <laughs> classify myself as anything other. I'm still bummed I haven't gone back to to watch it uh, in uh, in Hollywood somewhere. But I oh, well. got to tell you, I'm not bummed that I haven't gone back. Yeah, it's just if it was better, I definitely would. But that that's what's a it's like kind yeah, of yeah. If it was an entirely it. different movie, I'd probably have different <laughs> feelings about it. <laughs> One of my, my buddies I play volleyball with, he works uh, at, at some of the different movie lots. And I guess he worked on um, The Mandalorian. And he said it was the number one show in the world or so, or in the, in the country. I, I didn't even realize that. Like, it's a Disney Plus show and it's like number one in the country or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe through some weird internal metrics, but I can't imagine it's beating anything on network television. I wouldn't think so, but it's, uh, but I'm seeing like, like CBS, CBS has like, 20 million desiccated old folks watching every damn procedural on that network. True. There's no way anything is beating like some random like like law and 40th order offshoot of NCIS yeah. or whatever on CBS. Like it's just not yeah. happening. NCIS. But the like, Bacoima. <clears throat> anyway, go ahead. Bacoima. You do see uh the baby Yodas everywhere. Yep. Uh they're like everywhere. So I guess yeah. it's pretty popular. Um, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of topics. I know you don't like to talk about all of them, but we'll just, maybe we'll just flip every other one. And I love to talk about topics. Topics are my favorite thing to talk about. No, you're like, I don't care about that. It's like, Oh, you know, Larry Scott. I'm going to say that a few times. Yeah. Larry Scott fired. You're like, nah, it's not big enough. We're not going to talk about, um, he was not fired everyone. Uh, okay. Stanford's Paulson Adebo, the, the, uh, Potential All-American defensive back. He's going to come back for a senior season, so good for him. Big time. Uh, I know this year was a little bit of a disappointment for him. Probably. Still, he was still good, but he wasn't quite the um, absolute terror that people were expecting. Um, so I think another year will serve him well and potentially make him a uh, first-round pick. Yeah, Stanford still has a bunch of dudes in the portal. I know UCLA uh, had a bunch um, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, look, I'm, I'm as anti-Chip Kelly as the next guy. That's kind of a little overblown. A lot of those dudes are walk-ons and not the walk-ons that he's intending on keeping in the two deep. Some of them are guys who weren't going to play. Okay. But so there's, 
there are guys transferring out who he recruited in his first two classes who were supposed to be like great fits for the program who are in the portal. So that's another yeah. thing. Like Chris uh, Murray. Yeah. Right before we started to record, USC's left tackle, Austin Jackson, declared for the NFL. So he's the first early defection for USC on that side. So USC's losing both of its tackles. Uh, they had a grad transfer at right tackle. And uh, now Austin Jackson, who uh, gave his bone marrow to his sister uh, before the season. And uh, now he's going to move on to the NFL. So there's a little breaking news that just happened before we started. Very cool. Good luck for him. Good luck to him. Not for him. Good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, UCLA. All right. Uh, UCLA, UCLA deciding on a new AD by May, sources say. This is previously reported, so I'm not sure why. Look, it's great. It's wonderful. I love that we get these notes done for us. Um, yeah, UCLA will have its new or have its new AD announced um, probably end of spring, sort summer, somewhere in the okay. range. Do you know which way they're leaning or what's the... No, no idea. No idea. They announced their like committee that's doing the search and it's like 11 academics and one person tangentially related to sports. So I'm sure it's going to go great. All right. Uh, uh, some <laughs> coaching stuff like Jonathan, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. He got extended to 2025. Uh, and Herm Edwards got a couple years added to his contract, mostly recruiting purposes, but some uh, couple extensions in the Pac-12. So their buyouts got bigger is what you're telling me. Yeah, they added the buyouts. I think Herm, it was just basically like he's coached for two years. They just added two more on it. Um, yeah. You got to be happy with the way uh, ASU is recruiting. Uh, you know, we haven't seen the results necessarily on the field. They're kind of holding serve with the, the Todd Graham era. But, you know, I, I think there's been some some positives there for sure. And, pe- you know, he's doing better than a lot of people thought. So get him a couple extra years. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um is he doing a lot better than people like, well, than people thought he would, they, they, they set their expectations super low. Yes. As, as did I. And so I think there's a perception that he's really killed it in that job and it's been fine. It's been pretty good even. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think giving him two more years is definitely great, but I think it still remains to be seen whether that's going to be like a resounding suddenly they're going, you know, 10 and two success there. Yeah. But recruiting's um, gone well. That's that's true. Right. Yeah, they did. Uh, I mean, what, six or seven of the... Well, so we'll get like Huffman or Basically Bigginson. every good receiver on the West Coast went to ASU. Besides yeah. Besides one to USC. Now, Biggins and Huffman are... Uh, and I think Blair, too. I think they're all out on the islands right now in Hawaii covering the uh, Polynesian Bowl. But so I was thinking about trying to get them on this week. But we'll we'll... I think we'll shoot probably for next week or the week after and get them to kind of give a recap of the early signing period for all the teams and then maybe a preview of february if there's any you know the big names left on the west coast and uh where you know who's going to go where things like that so those guys know their stuff i think brandon we brandon's the one that wanted to come on right i think brandon hasn't been on yet and he wanted to come on so we should have him on yeah we absolutely should him and blair do their best of the west uh or is it yeah best of the west i believe is their recruiting podcast so check that one out too um, what do we you want to do? Some of the offensive coordinator stuff. Yeah, I guess we can do that. Um, uh, all right. So Washington. <laughs> so basically, Washington and Oregon both picked up former Penn State offensive coordinators. Um, Washington picked up John Donovan, who was also a Jaguars assistant. Where else was he on his long journey of coaching? Let's look. I forget where. Yeah, 
I don't I know he, as much so about he, him. He as start, I think he started at Vanderbilt with uh, Franklin, and then he moved to Penn State with him, and then may or may not have gotten unfairly blamed for their initial issues in that offense, basically before Trace McSorley took over. Okay. Um, but he was, yeah, so he was the offensive coordinator for Franklin at Vanderbilt, where he actually turned out some pretty decent offenses. Um, Penn State, not so great, and then was just a uh, offensive assistant with uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it was, I don't know, quality control, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he's going to be the new University of Washington offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, so that will be interesting. And then the more probably well-known name, Joe Moorhead, who is formerly the Mississippi state head coach is going to be the Oregon offensive coordinator. He actually was the offensive coordinator who took over for Donovan at Penn state under Franklin. So interesting little thing, but, uh, that Penn state offense under Moorhead was, uh, quite a bit more renowned, um, for everything it did. It had, that was the offense with Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley. So, um, I think, that's a really good hire, uh, the Donovan one. I just don't know as much about him. It might very well be a good hire. Um, he, he certainly did some good work at Vanderbilt, um, but I, I just don't know enough. But um, Moorhead, I, I, he was the whole reason he got that Mississippi State job is because he was so good at, yeah. at Penn State as the offensive coordinator. So um, didn't work out in Mississippi State, but um, I think that's a that's a really really good hire for Cristobal. I like it a lot. Uh, I mean, for Donovan, I don't like you said. I don't know as much about him, and maybe you're trying to find that Joe Barry magic where you take a NFL assistant and you bring him in, and he you know kills it as a coordinator, like you saw at LSU, and then uh, now he's moved on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but Moorhead's more of a, a proven commodity. I think it's a good hire by Mario Cristobal, and uh, you know, bringing someone in that's established who is you know just a, a head coach. You have more head coaching experience on that staff. So uh, Oregon's taking themselves very seriously now. They're hiring like they're a power. They're treating themselves like, "Hey, we're we're the real deal." And I think you gotta you gotta act that way. If you if you want people to treat you that way, you have to act that way. And Oregon's acting that way. So I think it's a good move there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Arizona State's punter Michael Turk is going to the draft. He was really an impact player for the Devils. Um, but yeah, no, he had a huge leg. You, you don't see punters go early a lot, but. Yeah, is he going early? Are you sure I, that's a correct note? No, I just see the notes here. Uh, okay, I'm, should we? Is that not he, the, he had to have been a senior. No punter goes early. Oh, okay, maybe we have an incorrect note. Well, you know, we can. Oh fly. my god! Oh my god! Is it an incorrect note? No. What's happening here? a note that you wouldn't care about now you care about i love it no i'm gonna go deep dive hang on okay why is he declaring because <laughs> herm got that extension maybe that's sophomore it. punter sophomore what so redshirt sophomore interesting uh but he definitely was uh he's someone that you'd have to kind of account for he would just he'd be able to flip the field he you know he had a huge leg i like am blown away yeah. I mean, well, oh, whatever. Okay, fine. Great. Good. Good. Good for you. Happy trails. Good all right. Luck. We'll have to get Cartman's uh, thought on that. Uh, the big stuff, though, I mean, it's a, it's a sad day in the Pac-12, Dave, when we lose Mike Leach. Um, but we gain Nick Rolovich. Yes. So I think when you go from the number one, like the, the team that threw the most passes – 
in in, in FC, F, FBS football and the second most. So there was Leach and Rolovich. So Washington State's going to still be throwing the football around, even with without Leach there. They'll still be throwing around a little bit. Yeah, and I mean Rolovich isn't quite as much, but he's he's an eccentric weirdo himself. Yes, like he's he's got some weirdness to his whole thing going on too. So I thought he did a great job at Hawaii. Um, uh, he had him. It looks like ten and five this past year, but watching them, I mean, even with a complete, you have no idea what's going to happen every time he throws a ball at in, at quarterback and Cole McDonald. Um, he was. I thought really good there. Um, made it a tough a tough out again, kind of like how they were under June Jones. So um, I think it's a great hire. I think it's a not quite perfect continuity, but honestly, I think it's more continuity what he runs sort of than even those modern air raids with what Leach was still doing at Washington State. Because um, like what you just said, the 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 just sheer number of throws, um, it's similar. Um, so. I think it'll be interesting to see how he kind of marries what he does with that. I think he's kind of running the run and shoot. Um, what he does marrying that to the personnel, you know, designed for that like pure air raid. But I think it's a pretty good fit. And I think he could hit the ground more or less running um, given what they've already got in place. Yeah. Uh, and then if you look at him, he did get to play some Pac-12 teams last year. Um, beat Arizona. Uh, beat Oregon State. Uh, but lost to Washington. So that's maybe like the, uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, but they did get a, a nice win against BYU uh, in the uh, in the uh, Hawaii Bowl. So um, I, I like the hire. Uh, interesting to see Mike Leach go to Mississippi State and Lane Kiffin going to Mississippi. Uh, that egg bowl with the fake peeing and then both coaches end up getting fired. And it's just it's just kind of a crazy mess down there in the SEC West. And now you got Leach in there. You got Lane Kiffin in there. I think it's going to be some must-watch TV. But it'll be a bummer that Leach is no longer around giving good quotes. But I think we'll we'll get some. We'll just have a different like flavor of it from Nick Rolovich. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Leach at Mississippi State. I've always been curious how it's going to look with like legit talent. And while Mississippi State isn't um, the like best recruiting power in the you know SEC, it's probably not even like top 10 uh you still get more talent there than you would have at texas tech or uh washington state so seeing what he can finally do with like just a little bit of talent will be interesting um i'm I'm really really interested to see what that looks like especially match like watching that thing like just frustrate the hell out of nick saban every you know year would be fun that's just gonna be fun whether they win or lose it'll just be fun to watch nick saban being upset yeah. Um, few smaller assistant coaching things we could just mention. Arizona, Andy Budd is going to coach the outside linebackers. Uh, Angus McClure, uh, who's apparently a very good recruiter. He's going to be Cal's offensive line coach. Yeah, former uh, UCLA, longtime UCLA assistant, Angus McClure. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Lake promoted uh, Durham Cato. He's going to be, he went from an analyst to, he'll be coaching tight ends there. So yeah, all of this would have been under my don't care category. Right. I just like when we're getting into like lower level assistance, aside from my boy, Angus, um, I don't care. You don't care. People out there don't care. I figured just mention it. That's, that's like a Durham Cato is like a fake made up Star Wars. (laughs) Like, what is that? He was Guido's buddy. I thought. 
wasn't <laughs> yeah durham kato is like uh he's like red six he like died in the <laughs> attack on the second death star yeah um yeah. i don't know if you saw this so uh our buddy john wilner there's i don't like these ridiculously early top 25 polls um yeah because they're stupid they're pretty dumb what do you think about wilner's i think there's it's somewhat dumb but uh he has oregon number nine usc number 18 which i find very dumb uh, Cal twenty first and Arizona State twenty fourth. Great! It's it's no dumber or smarter than literally any of these things. Yeah, it's just a dumb exercise. Not his fault. Uh, Washington should be in there. Yeah, do you think Utah should be in there or just losing too much? Utah probably loses too much, though. According to something that Canzano posted about Heisman odds, apparently they're getting Tyler Huntley back, which is cool. Um, did you see that tweet? No, I didn't see it. He tweeted something that was from some casino, but had Tyler Huntley on the board for uh, 2020 Heisman at uh, 50 to 1. Those are great odds. Yeah. <laughs> for a guy that... <laughs> um, yeah, so it, uh, I, would, I would have had Washington in there. Um, USC is fine. I mean, perennially, it's like the second or third most talented team in the league, even now, even after this dreadful recruiting class. Um yeah, no other complaints otherwise. I mean, Cal and ASU, I think, are both fringe, but they're properly fringe in his top 25. But Washington, I would think they're going to be top 15, top 20. I mean, they should. They were, like, they had the makeup of, like, a top 20-ish team this year. So that yeah. doesn't seem like too much of a stretch to me. What did you think about the Pac-12 officials in the national championship game? I thought they took away... An interception I thought was kind of weak, and they took away a touchdown that I thought. I was thought very the, weak. the the only one that I thought like I think we were all like geared up to like say they were awful. The only one I thought was like truly egregious was the one where they called uh, p offensive pi on the touchdown. Right, where the dude literally just fell down. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and it was just like barely touched, fell down. Um, that was the only one that I thought was egregious, but the rest of it, I mean, yeah, they were like. There were a couple like, eh, that's not so great, but it, they weren't like full on joke status in the in the game. So I wasn't. They weren't as bad as I could have imagined they would have been. Um, they were not good by any stretch. No. Um, and missing that touchdown call like that was a <laughs> that was really really bad. Um, if it would have like, changed they, the spread, that would have been bad. But it would have been like a set from a 17 point game to a 10 point game. So then the spread's not impacted. I guess they could have scored again, but yeah, yeah it would have changed the complex. Like it would have changed the momentum and all that kind of crap. Um, and then uh, the targeting call, I thought was fine. He did target him. Like he put his head down the whole thing. Like yeah. that's targeting. That was like the definition of targeting. And I saw a bunch of people like posting on Twitter, like there should be targeting one and targeting two. I'm like, yeah, there should be not for that call. That's targeting two. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he put his head down and ran it into the guy's like head and neck area. Like what? It, just because it's a big game and he's an important player. doesn't mean it's not targeting. It's the damn rule. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. Anyway, it was a bunch of people who just wanted, you know, all the star players to be in the game, which I get, but he, he, he did it. I mean, he did the whole targeting thing, so he got called for targeting, and he got kicked out of the game because that's the rule. And there were a lot of flags. Like LSU was in double digits, and I and but you know a lot of them you'd watch and you're like, yeah, that was completely holding. That was pi. Even like the you know uh, illegal man downfield kind of things. But I think the Pac-12 they call a lot of penalties, and I I'm kind of convinced that there's some obvious calls that just don't get called in other leagues. They just kind of let things go a little more. Even when you look back and go, well, yeah, that was a penalty. It's like the PAC 12 doesn't want to miss it. They, they call extra ones, but they don't want to miss any. 
Um, it seems like they just want to call more and throw more flags. They want FaceTime. Yeah. And they yeah. got it. There was a lot of, uh, got a few tweets in there, you know, hashtag yeah. pack, pack 12 refs. So that's pretty good. They're a beautiful thing. Um, all right. So Oregon, uh, there was this announcement that four of their, um, you know, not graduating, we're going to have an announcement about whether or not they were going to the NFL draft. Here's a, a little secret for everyone. Whenever like four players from a football team, especially have a joint press conference, I would guess 98% of the time it's them returning to school. Yeah. So Oregon had four defensive starters have this announcement and nose tackle Jordan Scott, defensive end Austin Faulu. Help me out with that one. I think that's, I think Fa- you're right. Faulu. Faulu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Graham and Diamonor Lenoir. Lenore. 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 Every time I want to say Lenoir. <laughs> Every time. And I do say it. And then I'm like, Lenore. Just Lenore. I know you want to do it. You want to do it, but don't do it. Don't do it with your stupid tongue. You're just, and every time I do it anyway. You were reading Edgar Allan Poe or something. and I just like, ever, I want to hit it so hard. Yeah, but that's Lenore. That is Lenore. I know. <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what is happening there? I never learned French. Why am I doing this? <laughs> They're coming back to school. So Oregon's going to be formidable. Oregon's going to be great next year. They're going to yeah. be great because they're upgrading at quarterback probably. <laughs> um, they do lose a bunch of their offensive line. So I think the offense could have some issues, but Moorhead um, I think is an upgrade. Um, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how he melds everything to uh, what he wants to run. Um, but uh, the defense should be really studly. So um, I'm interested to see how they start to look at the beginning of the year. Yep. Um, real quick, USC fired a bunch of senior athletic directors uh, yesterday. So you thought that was going to happen. Two guys that have been there for 35 years each. They just needed to uh, clean house a little bit. So it looks like they're starting to do that. They haven't got rid of Clay Hilton yet, but they're they're getting rid of some of the athletic department people. So I think it was necessary. Uh, something. Are they gonna? So they're gonna let um, Clay Hilton. Hire the administrators that he wants. I would guess, like he's, uh, yeah, he's outlasted. He's been, he's on his third athletic director. There's a lot of people that have been fired around USC, um, and you know, every pretty much everyone high up in the athletic department has been fired, while Clay Helton's been the head coach, and he continues to be head coach. So, and a lot of his is assistants a, have been fired. Is that enough firing that you feel it will change the country club atmosphere at USC, or is there still more mucking out that barn that they need to do? There's probably still more mucking out that they need to do, but there, you know, there's just common. There are people that I know that I, that I like them. I, it's not like I know how well they do their jobs all the time. But if you're if you're talking about a department that's been so poorly run, especially for the last ten years, where you're just hiring figureheads, and you have people that have been in that department for thirty five years, like you either were contributing to the problem or you weren't fixing it, and you've been there long enough where you should have been able to fix it. So I, I just think they needed to make these kind of moves and uh there's probably gonna i'm guessing there's gonna be more uh they needed someone from the outside they just had it been so insular i mean just been uh the nepotism just everyone is just it's all usc people now you bring in someone from the outside who can come in and go wow this is run pretty crappily so let's make some changes so he's starting to make the change the problem is he doesn't have a lot of support from the fans mike bone the new athletic director because his first big decision was to keep clay helton now they all hate him so he's going to basically have to try to get a whole bunch of small wins going forward. And, and you know, cleaning up the athletic department, there'll be some small wins there. But 
as long as he keeps Clay Helton, the fans just aren't happy with him. Right. Uh, and then the last one, John Canzano's uh, had a really nice, uh, interesting article, his column on Pac-12 Network's cutting costs this spring. And as you know, he, he tweeted out something that was funny where you have Larry Scott making like over $5 million a year. Uh, the SEC Networks, they pay a dollar a year in rent and, and the Pac-12 pays like $6 million uh, for what they do. But they're not going to send out – It's they're still going to do all the live events – the Pac-12 network will during the spring. So they'll cover, you know, baseball games and they'll cover spring games, but they would typically send out full live crews to do this at a lot of these events. Um, like I think 10 of the 12 spring games last year were all fully staffed on site crews, you know, the camera crews, the, the uh, announcers, everybody, analysts, everyone was there. They're not going to do that this year. Only Oregon will have, the full crew there. Everyone else that will basically be produced from the studios in San Francisco, which is a lot cheaper. You're not sending people on the road. Uh, so it, it you see like European soccer, there'll be American uh, announcers like doing a European soccer game, but they're watching it on a monitor in Los Angeles or something. So that's basically what they're going to be doing for a lot of these events. So a lot of the baseball games, um, they're they're cutting a lot of these costs. And, and some of the, some of the article talked about, when people leave the network, they're not being replaced. So it just looks like a major cost-cutting uh, effort. Uh, John wasn't able to get any kind of recent quotes about you know what this cost-cutting is about. They were referred to like interviews that were done like nine months ago where they're trying to be more efficient or whatever. But it just looks like a major cost-cutting effort by the Pac-12 networks. And is it because you're trying to make the books look better for getting it, you know, some tech company to buy? <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's not a good look where you're, you're kind of hanging your hat on all these live events that you do. And now you're just going to do them as cheaply as possible. So they don't get a lot of viewership. Um, you know, there was some pretty good production value in some of these things when you're out there doing it live, though that's expensive, but now they're not going to be doing that anymore either. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Not great. That's yeah. That's 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 pretty bad. That's all I got. Yeah, I just don't know. It's like no, I get you. Like you, you should have been doing this for a long time. You know, a long time ago. It's like you needed to to only have one network. There's a lot of things there, but it feels like this is too little, too late. And now you're just going to hang on for the 2024 new contract or something, and they're just going to be cutting costs. And as people leave, and I think more and more people are going to leave the network it doesn't seem like they're going to be replaced. And it's, uh, yeah, I think the quality is going to go down. I mean, you can't have that kind of brain drain and and not have the quality go down. So it'll be interesting to see these spring football games and what they look like. Um, you know, how different I is it? I, I won't be seeing those. You might. I try to watch it. Like, you know, is it, does it make a difference if Yogi Roth is there on the sideline during the game, talking to coaches and stuff, or if he's back in the studio watching it on the monitor and telling you about it? I mean, I, you know. Yeah, I think this is all, I mean, it's all just, they're trying to fix obvious problems that were obvious from the beginning, but now. And so it's just, I mean, yeah, it just feels like they're trying to um, cut costs basically around, you know, this is all stuff that was foreseeable. Um, that they would eventually have issues if they're trying to put up all this like essentially worthless live content for random sports. I mean, it's just this was going to be something that happened eventually. Yeah, you know what else it would cut costs? 
The truth is, we all know Champagne Larry likes to roll large, right? <laughs> maybe not paying him like six million a year. Maybe not, or you know. paying like twelve million dollars in rent. <laughs> and like, let's get let's put our studio in like the most expensive real estate around. And like, yeah, that makes sense. It's um, a good idea. Yeah. It's a good good idea. Working out, working out well. All right. Well, that's all the topics we got. Uh, Why don't we take a quick break, Dave? We'll come right back and uh, answer some uh, questions from the listeners. Sounds great. All right. Back in a minute. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Do you miss our reads? Do I miss our reads? What do you mean? Yeah, like the reads we used to do. Yeah. Uh, so we're with a different. Um, we'll probably still get some this year, but during the season. But we're, should we write know, some fake reads? We could do that. Yeah, we could also, you know, if anyone's out there wants to sponsor us, you know, we'll uh, we'll do some reads on there. Um, yeah, we lo- we love doing them. So we were when we were with Audio Boom, we had a kind of a system where we would do live reads. And we switched over to 24 sevens uh, system with megaphone. And it's more of a, you know, it's like um, based, I forget what the ads are called, but they're implanted ads. They're not like live read ads. So any, the live read ads are ones that we would get, you know, sell ourselves. We usually sell a little bit of them, but if anyone out there wants to sponsor us, he wants to, you know, we'll do it. I've had uh, someone sent me a, a coffee maker, Dave, that was pretty neat. And then uh, someone from, what is it called? It's like, go, go. It's a it's an applesauce company. They sent me like two cases of uh, applesauce to the to the office. So you know, we, we got people that listen that like spon- want to be you know sponsor the the podcast of champions. We'll do a little read. We'll talk about it. We'll uh, try to drive you some business, and you know, we'll make a little cash. It'd be nice. We'll we'll take cash. We take cash. We take uh, yeah, pretty much just cash. But we'll take cash or sweatshirts. Sweatshirts. Yeah. PayPal. Too. PayPal us. PayPal, like Venmo. Cash. Yeah. Just you still an envelope full of wet cash. We like that. We like the cash. Um, well, I guess we can jump into these questions. Uh, the first, I guess that's right. First one I got is from Sean from Ohio. Is that right? About Rock- uh, sure. Rocky Long. Um, guys, since it appears that Rocky Long from San Diego State wants to get into the Power 5 game as a defensive coordinator... Is he a realistic look for any Pac-12 school? Thanks, Sean. Yeah, that was an interesting one. He retired. I think he's 69 years old and retired. Um, his defense is one of the best in the country. They run that 3-3-5 thing. Uh, USC has an open defensive coordinator spot. I don't – does anyone else have one open right now? 
I don't know. Did Brilovich hire his defensive coordinator yet? Uh, that's a good point. So maybe Washington State, um, and that that probably be a pretty good fit. Um, yeah, that'd be an interesting fit. Um, I don't. I didn't see if they hired anyone there yet. So yeah, and huh. he might just be done. I mean, he is like seventy, I think, or yeah, sixty nine. He's gonna be seventy at the end of this month. Oh wow! So he okay. might just be. He might just be done. Um, I thought but... that the the reports were that he did want to you know want to be a defensive coordinator somewhere. I I have a hard time picturing Clay Helton hiring someone that's that established and a former head coach. Uh, that's just not really been his mo. It's more he'd be more on the you know less experienced, less I guess of a I don't know powerful kind of a coach that he would want to bring in. Who knows? Maybe they'll do something differently, but. Uh, and I don't know about Washington State, so that that I think that would be a pretty good fit. You bring him in, um, you know, it's a challenge when you have an offense that throws the ball that much. But uh, you know, I think he's proven that he can uh, put up some pretty good defenses here on the West Coast. Yeah, and I, I wonder if he'd want to get somewhere where he's like familiar with the school and the environment, um, someplace where he's coached before. Um, maybe he doesn't have an opening right now. Maybe he won't have an opening this off season. Yeah, uh, but maybe it would be nice if he went to a school where he's coached before. He's coached at UCLA. Yeah, <laughs> he has. Yeah, he was the UCLA defensive coordinator in ninety six, ninety seven. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Cool. All right. Is it me next? Yes. All right. Uh, this is Mike. He asked us a would you rather question. This is from New Year's Eve, but it went to a promotions folder. So now we're going to read it today. Okay. Uh, this is from Mike in Oakland. Uh, hi, Ryan and Dave. Uh, which scenario would be better for the Pac-12? Um, a, have a team make the college football playoff every few years, but get absolutely smacked by a better team like Oklahoma this year, or to a lesser extent, Washington a few years ago, or... B, have two teams get a New Year's Six Bowl every year and be competitive and even win a few games. Go Cougs and Clay Helton forever, Mike in Oakland. Ah, Mike, uh, I think you got to make the playoff. But, I mean, just for the conference in general, like if you are not, if you don't have aspirations to win a national championship, probably you just get more money by having two teams make New Year's Six Bowls and get some wins maybe and go from there. But I think you got to go over the hump and get over the hump and – and get into the playoff and try to win some games there. So I, I would go towards the playoff. What, what do you think? It depends. It, it, does he mean like literally these are the two scenarios, make the college football playoff and get destroyed every single time? Because if that's the scenario. Yeah, that's I bad, mean, I guess. Yeah, win, Winning is better than losing. So yeah. But if it's, you mean make the CFP and more than likely lose, you still want to make the CFP. Yeah. Um, but if you're talking about like those exact scenarios, Mike, then I think you got to go with the ones where you're winning. Um, even if it isn't in the playoff. Um, yeah. Winning the Rose Bowl is cool. People like winning the Rose Bowl. It is cool. Oregon liked winning the Rose Bowl. It's really cool. I haven't forgot that I went, so that's good. Uh, um, UCLA has won in the Rose Bowl sometimes. They have. Not a but lot they lately. They haven't won the Rose Bowl um, in quite some time. When was the last time? It must have been sometime like the early I was, 2000s. I was, or... I was a month and a half old when uh, UCLA last won the Rose Bowl. <laughs> What were your memories of that? Was it very fond? Were you very uh, vestigial? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were a month and a half. Isn't I that was, amazing? I couldn't. I couldn't even see. Like I could not focus. Like the, my eyes did not yet have their full capacity. Like that's how young I was. Wow. 
Um, so you've been diehard since you're one and a half months old when uh, yeah, no, the Big I've Rose been, Bowl win. Been, yeah, been, <laughs> that, that was really my moment. That was my formative moment <laughs> as a UCLA fan. Month and a half old. Were, um, you know, were you, were vomit, vomiting up some milk and, you know. Were, were your parents UCLA balls. people? Or I forget. I think you told me. My dad My dad went to UCLA back okay. in the dark ages, back in like the 60s. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, well, speaking of UCLA, this next one um, is uh, about Jim Mora uh, from KC. Hi, KC from Tacoma. Request for David. Can we unite with Bruin fans to tell Jim's agent, so he's talking about Jim Mora's agent, to F off suggesting him for the Wazoo job? I don't think you have to worry because now Nick Rolovich is there. But honestly, after the headhunting of Luke Falk, a lot of us Coug fans could not imagine a worse candidate, not to mention the myriad of poor coaching reasons not to hire him. P.S. Ryan, sorry if we hired Graham Harrell uh, if we did when the podcast comes out. And go Cougs. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, so I'll talk about it just generally. Um, Mora, I think... I, so here's the thing. If his head's screwed on straight when he takes a job, like you'll never hear me denigrate him to the extent that I denigrate Rick Neuheisel because when Mora had it going, that was the best... The best UCLA football has looked since 98. I mean, it was good. 2012, 2013, 2014. Those were good years for UCLA football. Um, he just kind of lost it. Um, but if he's at a school that has a pretty decent recruiting pedigree, I wouldn't be shocked if he has some success again when he, if and when he gets another job um, at the college level. Because um, he'll show passion those first couple of years and really get into it. It's just he kind of burns himself out. Um, Washington State, I don't think, is a good fit for him because he wouldn't be able to recruit at the level necessary to make up for his X's and O's shortcomings. Um, he's not like a star defensive coach or anything like that um he's really a raw raw recruiting guy um i don't know that he ever really like knew that about himself but that's who he was as a coach um so he'd actually i actually think he'd do fine at like an sec school um because he'd be able to recruit um and i think he'd do fine at like you know like if he'd ever gotten the washington job i think he'd be fine if he ever got the like oregon job he would have been fine washington state i think that's tough um, I think that's a tough fit. Um, he needs to be at something that has a pretty good recruiting base built in. Yeah. Because it needs to be a part of his model. He needs to be recruiting at like a top 15, top 20 level to have real success. No, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, so Casey, though, you got your guy. Hopefully you enjoy uh, Nick Rolovich up there. Didn't hire uh, Graham Harrell away from USC. Uh, didn't hire Jim Moore away from what is he doing now? analyst he's a tv guy espn yeah i think ESPN. he's espn analyst yeah. yeah he's doing their like i think he was doing their friday night games since mac brown left okay cool yeah anyway all right this is from thomas um pac-12 conspiracy theories clay helton edition hey guys i found something last week and i wanted your opinion on it i know various theories have been flying around about why usc's president carol fult seemed to resist seemed to resist replacing clay helton it turns out there is an obvious explanation, but one which would easily fly under the radar because it has nothing to do with Hilton himself. Uh, before she became president at USC, Fult was the chancellor at the University of North Carolina. During her tenure, she actually had to clean up a major NCAA investigation into athletes at UNC attending classes that didn't actually exist. Uh, she successfully convinced the NCAA that the paper classes, despite mostly athletes taking them, did not qualify as something under their jurisdiction. 
This lineup then allowed the Tar Heels to, among other things, hire Mac Brown to resurrect their program after the NCAA dropped the case. It seems like this is significant. I believe USC will make a very similar argument about the recent admission scandal at USC with Donna Heinel. Uh, but the circumstances are different this time, and the athletic department was more involved. And thus, Folt might think there's a good enough chance that the Trojans will face NCAA sanctions in the near future from the scandal. Sanctions significant enough to make spending the money on a new football coach to be a bad idea. I have no inside knowledge about how severe NCAA penalties could be from the admission scandal, though, but it does make sense that if an Urban Meyer came to USC, he would probably bolt at the first sign of major scholarship reductions or a bowl ban. Well, one note, he took the Ohio State job when they had a bowl ban. Yeah. So, just as a note. And it would be very difficult to hire a big-name coach until it was over. Anyway, it's just a thought. Thanks, Thomas. Um, So, I think, I mean, there's some truth to that, not necessarily with because they're worried about sanctions, but because of all, you know, two FBI investigations, uh, the scandals throughout the university and Clay Helton getting a, uh, a very fair, favorable contract that would be expensive to buy out. I think there was a lot of reasons and that knowing that the athletic department was a pretty much a mess and they needed to clean things up. So it's sort of like, you know, you, you want to, uh, you want to have a, a great tenant move into your awesome house but it's uh, your your awesome house has been trashed, and you need to like kind of clean the house up first before you you get that great tenant. Sort maybe that's a good analogy. Uh, I kind of think it's more like that, where it's going to take some time for them to clean a lot of the crap up th- university wide, not just in the athletic department. And in the, what they you know come they, they they decided that it would be better to hire a coach a year from now as opposed to now. I don't necessarily agree with that logic. I think the, I mean, I don't, I think they underestimated how um, poisonous the, you know, just it is or that the atmosphere around the program right now is because of Clay Helton. Uh, but I, I think there's some truth to what you're saying, Thomas, that it's just, there is a big mess and I don't necessarily think they're worried about NCAA sanctions. We're just not seeing schools get big time sanctions much anymore. I don't know. I mean, cause like, Stanford was involved. Like all these schools were involved. You see, like, I don't think they're going to have all these programs get major NCAA sanctions because of varsity blues. Um, but you know, it's just, it's another sort of black eye on the university. So I think it's part of the whole, they need to clean things up first and then they'll be in a better position to hire someone. Um, but then, you know, you're, you're taking a big risk of, you know, a half empty Coliseum all year. They, they start USC starts with, you know, on the road, basically against Alabama, that's not gonna be, probably not a good start to the season. So, uh, but yeah, Thomas, I, I mean, she did have to clean up a big mess there, and uh, and you know, there's more big messes at USC for her to to deal with. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. This is from Bob. Pac-12 traveling. Hi, y'all. Uh, Bob from Alaska again. Did I say y'all in Alaska? Apparently. No, people have adapted it from a lot of different things now it's it's lost all you know regional signifier at this point okay not no longer a regional signifier got it uh i was wondering if y'all he's y'all again i wonder if y'all could give more information regarding pac-12 traveling on road trips for schools that are traveling a few hours i'd have to assume they take a bus but what is the cutoff for flying versus busing does ucla and usc have any differences, even though they are basically traveling the same distance, or does you dollar sign C get to fly more due to athletic budgets? I'm going to blow your mind here, Bob. Um, I don't think any schools are busing between 
anything aside from their travel partners. So, and even then, are Arizona and Arizona State busing to each other? Because they're the only ones that I can't, I don't know for sure. Because that's like a two-hour ride, I think, or an hour and a half. So maybe, I think they probably are, but I don't know. Um, but the Washington schools are flying. The, the Oregon schools are busing. Uh, Utah and Colorado are flying. Yeah. And everybody else is flying to everything. I mean, it's UCLA and USC are busing. Cal Stanford are busing just because they're like next door. But um, UCLA flies to everyone but USC. USC flies to everyone but UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any... I don't think you can... There's not like six hour bus trips going on. I don't think. I, I, no, so, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Nobody's yeah. taking a road. Like nobody's taking a literal road trip in this yeah. league. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. No. Um, yeah. And I, you know, everyone gets equal amount of money from the, uh, the pac 12. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to get a lot of yeah. busing going on. Yeah. And it's, I think it's all chartered flights mostly for all these schools. Now I think, I don't think they're like taking commercial flights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Good question. Uh, this is from Brad in Portland. Political talk on the POC. Hey, guys. I know it's the offseason and the topics can get out there, but when it comes to talking about politics, other than Champagne Larry, Trump, and or basketball, click link. So it's basically That's Michael nice. Scott from The Office going, no, just yelling no. So he. Oh, it's the no clip. The no clip. Got it. Yeah. So. Got it. Um, we're, we're probably going to do it anyway, Brad. <laughs> like, just being like. I, I want to be straight. I want to keep it 100 with you. It's going to happen. We don't, I mean, it's not like we're like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't it's think we talk like, a lot of politics. It, no, we don't really. No. So it'll come up in the, in the grand, like in the, in the, in the course of things, the same way everything else does. And frankly, the stupid election is going to be happening. We're going to have to talk about it at some point because Ryan will ask me a question and then I'll be like, feeling away and decide I'm going to say something <laughs> and then it's just going to happen. And like you, what you scrub forward, uh, you know, an hour and it'll still be, we'll, we'll be talking about something else by that point. I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll all get through it together. And that's right. all that matters. I don't, I mean, I don't think either one of us really like, like, like talking a lot of politics anyway or whatever, but um, you know, I mean, I like talking about everything, but like, look, it's all about choosing your audience. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Scott. Uh, coaching search questions. Well, well, well. We finally arrived in the offseason where the hard-hitting questions really start to pop up. You must be new here, Scott. Uh, thanks, for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for putting in all the effort, Ryan. But my first question is for Dave. So I'm hoping he can give a bit of effort. Uh, I, okay. I wouldn't hope too nah, much. Not going to happen, but <laughs> hope is hope. Hope springs eternal in the uh, in the human breast yes. or something uh, like that. I don't know if that's how that goes, but okay. No. With- <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't go that way, but it's, it's like something like semi-close to that. Not even like really close, but semi-close. Yeah. You could see, if you put them side by side, you would see the similarities, yeah. but no. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> similarities in like different areas, but definitely not structure. Yeah. Definitely not structure. Uh, with Leach gone, there's been a ton of names being thrown around as replacements. Okay, so we, uh, well, uh, I'll just read the question. But two of my favorites have been Jim Mora and Slick Rick Neuheisel, which leads me to believe those people haven't listened to the podcast of champions yet. Hopefully, Sean has, though. Dave, can you give us some strengths and weaknesses uh, for these two candidates? Maybe why you think they would or would not be home run hires for Wazoo. I mean, if we're going to slip back into the basement, we might as well go out in a blaze of glory 
Do you want to talk about that first, or? Yeah, I'll, I'll hit that first. Um, obviously, if you're one's a real coach and one's a complete charlatan, and the real coach is Mora. Um, Neuheisel was a uh, an absolute joke, and he left basically every Pac-12 program he's ever touched. Disagree. In ruins. Disagree. <laughs> um but uh they're both more recruiters than coaches um and uh mora was more successful he was just more of a he was a better rah-rah guy better motivator better at all that emotional side of the sports stuff um neuheisel was a good recruiter good like kind of you know salesman all that kind of stuff but i just don't think he had the chops in any respect as a coach um not a great motivator not an organized guy not somebody who like lived and breathed the game the way that Mora did. Um, and neither of them are X's and O's aficionados at all. Um, you're getting a recruiter, but I think if, if anyone's going to take a stab on a former UCLA head coach, Mora's the one. Yeah. Um, New has found his niche and he should stay there. Yeah. He's really good at it too. If he had gloves, yeah. he'd have been a great coach. Uh, Wait. what are your thoughts on Leach leaving? And if Wazoo can make a great hire, stay relevant, Ryan, how would you feel if Chun went after Harrell? Um, we kind of, I guess we talked about this, but, uh, yeah, they've stayed relevant. I mean, I think getting Nick Rolovich is, uh, is a a great way to stay relevant. You're going to keep a a, very high powered offense. And I think they'll just keep, keep rolling along that, you know, can they get over the hump and beat Washington and win an apple cup? I don't know, but I I think they're still relevant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would think so. Um, how would I feel if, I mean, I think it would be for me personally, it would have been very interesting because, that was the feather in Clay Helton's cap, basically. The one thing that, that the one guy on his staff that people would actually want to hire was Graham Harrell. So if someone went and hired him away, then Clay Helton's got to go back to the drawing board and try to. So being able to cover another offensive coordinator search and how criticized that would be, that, that would be kind of fun for me. So it would have been interesting if that happened, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, over under Pac-12 refs make five embarrassing and egregious calls in tonight's national championship game. Thanks for the best. It was at least five questionable calls. Yeah, probably. But I don't know that it was five embarrassing and egregious ones. No, there was. I mean, taking away a touchdown from the defending national champion that's won 29 straight games, like that's that's pretty ballsy. Like at least one absolutely egregious call. Yeah, I'll say that. Right. So we and probably you can have... make an argument for at least one or two more. Yeah, so it'd probably be the under on that one. Yeah. And he says, thanks for the best, I mean, okayest podcast around. Well, thank you, Scott. Yeah. All right, this is uh, predictions from, do we have a, a, a fake name or is it just, it's just from Oliver. Oliver. Yeah, Oliver. Hi, guys. Now that we're in full off-season mode, I'd love to get your initial predictions for the conference next year. Who gets better? Who gets worse? Who treads water? Who wins each division in the conference title game? If you're feeling frisky and haven't crossed the magical two-hour mark yet, you could even predict the order of finished. Oh. Okay. So we should do that first. All right. No, let's just go completely off the dome. Don't look up a single thing. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. This is just, I'm not going to look at anything. All right. So, all right. So I'll go through them. I'll list them off for you. You tell me better or worse. Okay. Okay. Washington State. (sighs) Could you say same or do you say you have to say better or worse? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I'll, I'll say about the same. Yeah, I'll say same. Washington. Better. Better. Uh, Oregon. Same. Worse. Really? Okay. Oregon State. Uh, I'm going to go same because it's they're, they were better this year. I'll go same. I'll go same too. Uh, Colorado. Better. Better. Utah. 
Worse. Worse. Uh, Stanford. They were so bad. Uh, same. Yeah, probably same. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Cal. Better. Are we assuming that Garbers is going to be healthy all year? I'm, I'm going. Yeah. MVP, man. Obviously better. Obviously better and possible <laughs> national title contender. Uh, Arizona. Same. Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, same. Uh, ASU? I think better. I think better, too. Uh, USC? Probably same. I think they're going to be like an 8-4 kind of team. Same, yeah. UCLA? God. Uh... I'll go better. Same. Same? Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Then who wins each division and the conference title game? I th- all right. I think I'm going to go Oregon as the obvious North choice. And then I'll, I'll probably take ASU in the South. I'll go Washington and ASU. Wow. Washington. I got them coming back, baby. Big comeback. I like it. Too much talent there. We got it. That defense was that defense was figuring things out by the end of the year too. We do have to do a show where we go over our uh, preseason picks and how bad they were. I think yours are going to be better than mine. Um, yeah, I doubt it. Well, you had no because you had Stanford more down than I did. I was really high on Washington and they had a huge drop off. Um, so, but I was really I was really high on Washington too. So. Okay. No, we were all right. So let's read the rest of Oliver's thing. Okay. Um, while attempting to find the Urban Dictionary page for Herocious last week, I stumbled. They were Herocious. The... Sorry. There you go. I stumbled across the eponymous death metal band from Turkey, Herocious, Encyclopedia Metallum, the Metal Archives. Is that the whole? The whole name is that? En- That's a lot. Encyclopedia. What is the? It's not encyclopedia, is it? I mean, that's how you spell Empedia. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's what looks weird. I know it looks weird. It's a weird word, yeah. but it's like some kind of Latin crap going on there. Uh, or actually, that's that might be Greek. I don't know. Hard to know. Um, their album titles, Obscure Dominance of Nothingness and Depleted Light and the Death of Uniqueness, sound like phrases death David has, <laughs> Dave has used to describe the Chip Kelly era at UCLA. <laughs> Maybe you guys can pull some strings and get them to play at halftime of the conference championship game next year. Uh, I may be in the minority, but I've been looking forward to switching back to the random offseason content since about week four when I was able to confirm that my team sucked and had no shot at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Thanks, Oliver. Thanks. That was a... Uh... They were herocious. Um, so that's so it's a metal band in Turkey named Herocious. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, yeah, I, don't, I wonder. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. They must have some songs there somewhere. He might have been the originator of the Disney princesses because I was trying to figure out which team he was actually a fan of. I think he might be a UCLA guy. Okay. From the archives of his uh, emails. But he was definitely the one who initially initiated the um, the Disney princesses. The uh, Disney princesses. <laughs> That's thing. pretty funny. I mean, that became a huge thing. Like that, that became like that was people were talking about that outside of the podcast. It just became that is favorite. the brand. The brand of this podcast right. is uh, it became the Disney princesses podcast, which you carried because I, you know, I don't have daughters to uh, to watch. The oh, Lord I can ha- I can handle some Disney princesses <laughs> even to this day. <laughs> All right, uh, this is from Matthew from Mountain View, ESPN Top 150 Players of All Time. Did you see much of this, or 
the 150 players. They so they had the top 11 players, I believe, honored at the national championship oh, game. It was the, oh yeah, the the dumbest goddamn list I've ever seen it in my really, life. It was really awful, and I'm not a big list guy. Like but no player is, that's like younger than like 60 right now. Yeah, it was that's the, what it felt like looking at that list. It was you know normally you have like a re- recency bias. This was the exact opposite. But said, tell, hey, right. tell you guys what, hey, hey, you you know what, you know what, um, the the sixth best running back in the league right now would win like 15 Heismans in the season. <laughs> 15 in 10 years. Think about that. That's amazing. Yes. Um, all right. Well, he says, hey, Ryan and Dave, it's now the offseason, so time to start arguing about stupid stuff. ESPN released the last of its top 150 college football players of all time during the championship game. Any thoughts other than Dave ranting about how useless this all is? A few observations on my part. Uh, these ten, these types of lists tend to have a heavy recency bias, and not surprisingly, there are a few players from the pre-Heisman era, Jim Thorpe, Red Grange, Ernie Nevers. However, nearly three-quarters of the players played during the 60s to 90s. What the hell? It's almost as if the blue-chip committee only cared about the game that was being played when they first became reporters. Uh, almost. Uh, the highest-rated player from this century is Adrian Peterson at number 45. Have these guys even been watching football for the last 20 years? The next 21st century player is Reggie Bush at 61. Only at 64 does Andrew Luck show up from this past decade. I hate Tim Tebow as much as the next guy, but how is he only number 76? Based Where's on- Lamar Jackson? Where's that? Like, there's so many dudes. It's such a stupid list. Yeah. Based on college accomplishments alone, he should probably be in the top 20. Yeah, this it seemed to be more NFL-focused than, than uh, college-focused. Uh, my summary take is that the committee seems to think all of the best football happened when men were men before all this concussion and player welfare nonsense ruined the game. Also explains why everyone in the top 10 was some form of running back with the exception of Dick Butkus, meaning that, uh, meaning mofo who ever, I'm sorry, the, I think he meant the meanest mofo who ever played the game. Keep up the good, whatever it is you call this podcast, Matthew from Mountain View. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now, and it's a horrible list. I mean, awful. I mean, and and like some of these guys, like, oh, come on. I mean, there's guys like if I know from the USC side, you have a guy like Anthony Munoz, who's one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time. He didn't have a great, the greatest college career of all time. He was more of an NFL guy. You got guys like John Elway, who I don't even play in a bowl game, you know, and he's, uh, you know, was obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in the NFL. But the, you know, are you getting a boost from? From that. Yeah, it's all stupid. They're they're being stupid, and beyond that, it's um, if they're just going to make it from the last century, even in that respect, this list is bad. Like Barry Sanders, if you're actually going to go back and watch any of these guys play, he's top two. Like, how are there? <laughs> how many friggin' running backs are ahead of him? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six running backs ahead of Barry Sanders at nine. Yeah. No, no, no. And honestly, even if you include guys like Reggie Bush, which should be included, um, he's still not out of the top three. Like, it's just, no. (sighs) This is very, this is a very bad list. It's a very, very bad list. Um, I don't like it. When I saw them honored at halftime, I, you know... Aside from like general like respect your elders thing, that was the only thing that kept me from tweeting just how dumb that was. <laughs> um, but this is this is a horrible list. Yeah, they should funny. be ashamed of themselves. One of the guys that covers USC, uh, Michael Castillo, is you know he gets big into lists and he said 
from people that have played during my lifetime, like the highest one was Peyton Manning at like number 21. Um, it's just, you know, there's, there's like, he's like no one in the top 20 played in my lifetime. Like, are you saying like it was so much better back then? Like college football is not as good. Like guys like Lamar Jackson aren't way better than, uh, you know, what was going like, you know, Tommy Frazier was amazing. I don't, I think he was probably underrated on this list too, but like Lamar Jackson, like, come on. And you know, and a guy like, how is, how is Lamar Jackson not on this list? He's not, you know, Matt Leinart's not on the list. I mean, he, you know, he won 34 straight games, two national champs. I mean, there's stuff like that. You're like, okay, uh, this doesn't make much sense. Tim Tebow, I mean, he kind of changed that position. You know, if you didn't want to just based on college accomplishments, like, like Matthew said, it's like, dude, he's got to be higher than that. I mean, there's, there's just, a, there's a lot of dumbness, but I, I haven't really gone through the list. I mean, Vince Young is a college player, pretty friggin' good. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is. I mean, this is this is really stupid. It's a bad list. I know I wasn't supposed to say that. I know that was in the preamble that I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but it's a really bad list. I, well, you know, he said I was going to say it was useless. Yeah, well, yeah, it is, but it's also something for us to talk about. So it's not actually useless, um, but it is stupid. So I guess that also fits under the criteria of things we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we All got right. one more. Uh, right. One more from our man, Nick in Cyprus. It's been a while. Hey, Nick. It's been a while. Uh, loss of Mike Leach. Hi, this is Nick from Cyprus, a.k.a. Big Nick 21 USC from the P. I feel like we lost one of our best coaches in the conference to a below-average SEC team. Sad loss and great interview uh, to this conference. Who's done more with less than any other coach in the conference? Probably country. Fight on. Yeah, you can make a you can definitely make a pound-for-pound pound argument that Leach is like a top-five coach in the country. Yeah. I mean, winning 11 Given games. what he's worked with. What you, 11 games two years ago. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, he's done a lot with less. Yeah, the ones who've done it with, like, the worst recruiting rankings, um, looking back, I did, like, a little statistical thing a long time ago, but it was, the guys that you talk about are, like, Mike D'Antonio at Michigan State. They don't get a ton of talent. Um, he does a lot with that. Um, it was Bill Snyder at Kansas State and then Leach. Um, those were three names that were just constantly like, okay, these guys are way outperforming their rankings. Um, so, and that continued at Washington State. I mean, I did that like in 2014 when I was looking at kind of how the recruiting rankings reflect record and, and you know, advanced um, ratings and stuff like that. And um, yeah, no, Leach always scored really high on that. So, Definitely a great coach. I'm really interested to see what he does in, um, you know, that 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 shark infested water of the SEC. Yeah, not not an easy division he's dropping into. So, uh, no. but it'll be fun. I think they'll they'll it'll be worth it'll he'll be worth the price of admission. There'll be some fun teams there. You know. Um, oh, him him and Ed Orgeron like that'll be fun. Like even without throw out the Lane Kiffin thing, but just him like. Being in like a joint press conference before a big game with Ed Orgeron, I'd love to see it. Yeah. And LSU could take, you know, they could take a step back next year. I mean, who knows? Like, they, you know, maybe they come back down to earth. Uh, But it's, uh, you know, Alabama's probably going to be, they got a lot of guys coming back. You know, it's not, it's not an easy division. (laughs) No. Auburn, you know, Auburn will be good. Cool. All right. Well, that was pretty reasonable. Hey, Uh, that was only an hour. Not bad. Um, wow, we didn't have all the games to recap and everything, so that is true. Yeah, that is true. There's and some we're great gonna questions. get a little bit. Yeah, we'll get a little bit more recruiting heavy in the weeks to come, um, and then we'll uh, 
we'll probably like do a show with one of these guys next week just to kind of preview the final signing day and then we'll recap classes after that and start doing our spring previews and so on and so forth it'll be a fun off season of nonsense and if i remember correctly peak off season for us doesn't really hit until after spring when we're trying to fill time in may and june that's when this thing gets stupid yeah like that's when we get <laughs> really dumb so uh brad if you're if you're wondering when are these guys going to talk a bunch of like really stupid stuff that I don't care about, like say for example, like a political thing, that'll probably happen in June. It's probably going to happen because we just will have nothing, nothing else to talk about. Yeah, because we 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 kind of have to cram in the spring previews pretty quickly after the signing day. Yeah, because all these dumb schools start in like February now. Yeah, so we'll we'll try to do that. But then, you know, after that, after spring's done and you're like going towards Pac-12 Media Day, which I really want to do it right this year, Dave. If we can figure out... I'm going to go. I'll go with you. All right. If we can really do like a real Pac-12 Media Day thing, that would be fun. Um, yeah, and draw just like nasty looks from everybody who works for the Pac-12 the entire time. That would be really dope. Yeah. You don't think they'd give us a, a little... Radio booth and everything. I, I think we might need to change our slogan if we're going to get a radio booth. From yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll work on it. But um, I would love to. I think last we're, we're not we're not going to change our slogan. No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Probably not. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. That is uh, David Woods. He does a great job covering the Bruins over at uh, Bro. I'm Ryan Abraham, and together we make the podcast of champions. We do appreciate you listening. To our little show. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.